This is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. There's no such thing as no maintenance when it comes to your home. That's why we bring you the Fix It Show from 7 to 9 every Saturday. Get your questions ready for our expert home inspector, David Nason from Best Inspections. Here he is with his co-host, Dayton Kane. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Another Saturday, another chance to talk about fixing up your house and things going on around the premises. Right. And uh, sponsored by Siding Unlimited and JMB Construction. We thank them, as always, for being part of the show. Uh, how are you? What's good, going on? Uh, good morning, Dayton. I'm well. How about you? I, I'm doing well. I think um, today, as we look at the forecast that is before us, we should mm-hmm. talk about winterization and things yeah. that we should be worried right. about at this point in time right. uh, in the year. Uh, two to six inches, four to six okay. inches, depends right. on where you are. Um, great should for- be interesting. Yeah, great forecast for Chili Fest out in Oconomowoc today. Oh, snowing well. You're out yeah. at Chili Fest yeah, would be kind of cool. We're going to be, we'll probably be out there. Picturesque. Yes, right. Sampling some chili. <laughs> is and it right at the park on the lake, or where is it? Downtown? There's a tent. There's a tent on the Village Green. Okay. Where they have uh, chili, and then um, restaurants in the downtown area. Oh. You have to buy a. So it's like a, a chili walk. Yeah. You can go. You buy a wristband. Okay. Uh, at a at the park or the Village Green there, I think it is, and then you can go around and take samples. And there's nice. I think they usually have celebrities or somebody well known as uh, as judges or, okay. or the chef or something. So are you judging? I am not. Oh, no. Okay. All right. No. Uh, but, uh, so but that should be fun. going the way it sounds. Planning on it. Yeah. All right. I'm going yeah. to the museum because there's just two days left in museum week where you can go to a lot of the museums in oh. Milwaukee free or at a discounted rate. So some friends yeah. of us. Uh, we're all going out to the Milwaukee Public Museum today. Definitely so I haven't gotta, been there in a long time. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward gotta to get back there before they move because you know the whole, yeah, the whole, yeah. uh, you know, issue of not having the uh, streets of old Milwaukee. Yeah, going to the new museum that that'll be crazy. What is there uh, an issue there? I haven't. <laughs> yes, everybody's talking. So, about all right, so Ooh. we're talking fix it today. Right. Uh, so a couple things we can address. It right. is still radon well, action, action month. month. Radon National Radon Action Month. Yep. EPA. We want you to take action, do a test, or have a, just have a system installed. If you have a lower level that's finished, you spend a lot of time down there, and you don't have a radon system, you might as well just go ahead and put one in. There's radon in everybody's house. It's a matter of what's the level. And the when we do a radon test, we talk about the level of 4.0 picocuries per liter. That doesn't mean that measurement doesn't mean a whole lot of people other than the number. And that number is not a safe level. So don't only anybody tell you that, oh, it's, it's below four, it's safe. Uh, that's not what they say. It's an action level. Right. So at 4.0, that's the, that's the level they recommend you put a system in. Well, that doesn't mean that at three, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to have any problems with, with radon. Everybody reacts to radon a little bit differently. Our bodies, we're, you know, people you hear about people smoke their entire life and, you know, they lived a long life. And then you hear about people getting lung cancer at 40 or 50 right. from smoking or something. So same thing with radon. It's going to affect you differently, but it's there. It's in your house. And so test or have a system installed. If I test this year, can that change? Let's say sure. I'm at yeah. a one and I, should I test every couple of years, five years, the, 10 years? Yeah. What, what's the testing rate? So the EPA says every two to three years. Two to three years. Okay. Yeah. 
and it can change. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with them, but I don't know what would cause it to change. Shifting of the earth, yeah. maybe? Because it's so, coming out of the rock, right? It's right. coming out of the... So absolutely, if you're living in a new neighbor, newer neighborhood, let's say, and there's, there's a farm field behind you, and when you tested, it was low, and now this last year, they, you know, they're developing the next phase of that subdivision, and they're putting in new houses back there. Absolutely, they're moving the dirt and everything. I would retest. Uh, so, you know, if you live in a really well-established Milwaukee neighborhood that's been around for a hundred years now or more, and it's a low test, well, I'm not going to say don't do it, but you know, maybe you not get what I'm urgent. saying. Yeah. yeah, what's changing there? Right. I don't know. But, okay. But the, the earth does change underneath our feet, so we don't know. Awesome. So we'd love to talk to people. If you have anything about fixing your house, we'll talk to you. But I also see you brought a, a little gadget in. We'll yeah, talk about a that toy. a little yeah. bit later as well. Uh, the old National Bank talking tax line, 855-616-1620. Here to talk to you, answer your questions, and uh, fix up that house. It is the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. The Fix-It Show with Dayton Kane and David Mason on WTMJ. It is indeed four to six inches of snow expected, especially uh, further south in Wisconsin. High of 25 today. Uh, next hour, Larry Berg from Chimney Concepts is going to be on with us. So if you have chimney stuff, hold on to that until the 8 o'clock hour. But right now we're talking about anything you'd like on the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. So Dayton, you just mentioned our text line. We got a text this morning with a photo uh, good morning. My son's house is about eight years old. He moved in two years ago. We recently noticed a significant crack in the basement floor, probably an eighth of an inch wide, four to five feet long. It runs from an expansion joint over to a stud wall, which supports the basement stairwell. We've never seen any evidence of water issues. How concerned should we be, and what can we do about it? Photo attached. So um, cracks, whenever we evaluate cracks, whether it's in a floor, in a wall, a ceiling, we're really looking for two things, um, planar differential, that's an engineer's term. Okay. And so that's basically if one side of the crack is up higher or lower or in or out or down or up from the other side. Okay. So basically what that means is then is if it's in a floor, if one side's down, that part's settled or the other side heaved in a wall in something moved in or out or a ceiling, you know, something low, you know, settled or lowered or anything. So if you can, looking at the crack there, it doesn't look like there's any difference, difference between either side of that crack. Um, so if, if it's smooth, you drag your foot across, your hand across, you don't, there's no settlement, there's right. no movement there. The other type of thing we look for cracks is if a crack starts out really small, and this is usually in a wall, which would indicate something settling. If it starts out small, maybe near the bottom, and it gets bigger near the top. So that would, you know, and now we have two the plane, that plane, the wall, you know, it's moving, something's right. separating. And so this looks a little smaller at one end, probably because that's where it started at the expansion joint, ran over to the wall that they mentioned. To me, that doesn't look like a concern at all. If you want to put a, a concrete sealant, so go to a big box store or Ace Hardware or something, look in the caulk line or, or aisle and, and find a self-leveling concrete sealant. And just it's like a caulk, and it's going to be a little runny. And just lay down there, and it'll just sink right down into the caulk. That crack's not big enough to put a backer rod in, typically, if we're right. caulking. 
We like to put a backer rod in. That keeps the caulk from falling down into the crack because a concrete slab's three to four inches, four, should be four inches thick. And potentially if that doesn't go all the way or it goes all the way down, you're going to, all your, all your caulk's going to sink down in there. Sure. So, um, so that's about the best thing if you wanted to do it. They mentioned no water. That would be a concern if we saw water stains around it. That's called hydrostatic pressure. If the water is pushing up, if you have a low water or really high water table, you see stains around your cracks on your floors, that's water coming up through the floor. Um, so that would be a concern. We're not seeing that here. So quite honestly, I'd, I probably wouldn't do anything with this crack. Uh, okay. Again, because it's only an eighth inch thick. Yeah. Keep it's, an eye on it, yeah, though. If it right. gets bigger, then, exactly. then maybe there's something to right. worry about. But, but Good question. Yeah, great thanks question. Thanks for texting in. Uh, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. We are going to go over to Judith in Milwaukee. Good morning, Judith. What's your question? Good morning. Uh, the house is um, over 50 years old. We've never had this problem before, but the front door is frozen again. So yesterday took the hair dryer to it and did it at the, first the lock, got it loose, and then I did the whole door. But I'm thinking, why is this happening? We've been here 48 years. So the the door is stuck in the opening and, and you can't, you're saying it, no, it's freezing. I, I, the, the door is a, a metal door type thing, and we have an inside door and outside door. The outside door is the one freezing. The outside one is freezing? And yeah, it's, and it's facing east. Facing east. And it's not. That helps. And you have, has, have you changed anything? Uh, like in the interior door? Or No. Is nothing. this covered by an overhang at all, or is it just open to space? Yeah, there is an overhang. So there is an overhang. Probably not yeah. getting ice uh, and water no. blown onto it. So the only thing I was thinking of is if. if Things like our storm doors, our storm windows in our house, they a lot of times will get frost or condensation on them. And in this case, I, what I was thinking, and it may not be the case, but that is usually caused by the warm air from our house leaking past either the window or the main door, and now it's condensing on the cold outer door, the storm door or storm window. So that's why I'm asking if you... Uh, are you are you keeping the interior door closed and locked? Yes. Yeah, I, I, okay. that's I agree with you on yeah. this one, David. Yeah. I would check the weather stripping weather around that yeah. inside door because heat is probably escaping, escaping hitting that cold storm door right. and then freezing. Right. That's the only thing that's going to cause that to freeze, Judith, because the outside door is already cold, and it shouldn't be freezing unless, as Dayton just said, somehow there's been some some warmer air that's coming in contact with that door that's causing the freezing to occur because. Oh, okay. Well, so, thank, yeah, we check the, as Dayton said, check the weather stripping around, make sure that something didn't get damaged and that it's working properly. You don't have a gap. Uh, and then, and then that warm air is escaping out there. Thank you very great much. Great question. Thanks yep. for listening, Judith. Have a great weekend. Uh, yeah, this time of year, let's talk about that when we come right. back. It's going to get windy and cold and right. snowy here uh, today, so we'll talk about some things you should be looking at on your house. It is the Fix-It Show. Love to hear from you. The Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. I'm Dayton Kane. That's David Nason. Thanks for listening to WTMJ this morning. WTMJ's The Fix-It Show with David Nason and Dayton Kane.
Good morning to you, 725. Going to see a high of 25 today, but uh, a bunch of snow expected. We'll see if we get right. it this time because they predict it all the time and it doesn't always <laughs> we, come. But today it looks like the radar is you know, starting to creep in and yeah. we should see it by this afternoon. That, that's what I've been hearing. Everybody, everybody has the weather forecasters. They're like, yeah, we're pretty sure we're going to get this <laughs> This one. is it, yes. for real. Yeah, almost uh, February so, and we're going to get snow. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, we're expecting a big amount of snow today right. into tonight. What, what should we be doing to prep for it? What should we be looking at tomorrow after it hits us? What, what's yeah. the game plan here, David Neeson? If, if you got a little bit of time yet this morning and you haven't done it yet, you know, go out and check your downspouts and, and extensions. Make sure those are on and they're not going to blow away. It got a little windy yesterday afternoon. Yeah, blustery. And so check to make sure those are on. If you haven't done it yet, it is going to get pretty cold next week. They're talking single digits yeah. or below zero yeah. overnight. Turn the valves off to your outside faucets. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yes, you should have done that by now. Exactly. But. You might say, oh, I have I have frost-proof faucets, David. Well, yeah, they're frost-proof, not freeze-proof. Right. Uh, if you're in southern Illinois or Kentucky or Tennessee, you could probably leave them on. They don't get as cold down there as we do. So frost-proof, um, you definitely should be turning those off, the interior shutoff valves, and then turn them back on outside to let any water drain out. So make sure you're doing that. And then something you're probably very familiar with, when your windows are closed you should lock them and for security sure but when you lock a window it pushes the window into the weather stripping it makes everything seat properly a lot of times you think you might think oh my window's closed and you go to lock it and it can't lock well the things aren't lined up and everything so now you know that it's closed all the way right. so absolutely my wife makes fun of me because i lock our garage door like to the yeah. that, that service door to the sure. garage, and she's like, "Why do you do that? The garage is because that helps seal the door. Right. Like Definitely. even though it's in the garage, it's right. still and that's also a there. fire door, so that's good to, yeah. to have that secure as well. So yeah. th- those are a couple so other things. The debate on roof raking. So yeah. uh, six inches of snow, probably if you have like a not very steep roof, that roof rake may be a good thing, but we don't want to pull the granules off, off. Yeah. so a roof rake with a little bit of a wheel on it they do make it, some with, with the little wheels if you don't have that don't don't try to like push it down don't bang it on your roof it's okay to leave a little you know a quarter to even a half inch of snow on your roof right you're just trying That's to get fine. the weight off and weight. some excess so if it it melts it's not when it gonna, melts right because everybody has a little bit of heat loss from their attic yeah. and that's what causes ice dams when the heat from the house rises up through the attic and it melts the snow un- from the underneath first, right. not the top layer. The sun's going to melt the top of the snow, but the heat from your your house is going to melt the snow that's right in contact with your roof. And then that that runs down the roof into the gutter and the, the overhang on your roof. There's no heat underneath there. The gutter in that part of the roof is cold. So that's where that that melted snow water runs down and turns into ice. That's where we get our ice dams. Are we more likely to have ice dams if we have a bigger soffit or a smaller soffit? Probably, probably the yeah. bigger soffit because it's yeah. overhanging further from well, home, so it's colder. It's, or is it's, it, it? It's not a it's not a for sure thing, and it's not a, like if it's facing south or north or east or west. It's not. I mean, there's, they're more likely on like a north facing or east facing than south and west okay. because we got more sun. If if we ever see the sun, when we see the sun, <laughs> once once a, every couple of weeks around here. Um, but I would say probably the smaller overhangs. 
Well, okay. no, no, you're. I think you're right. The larger overhangs, the smaller overhangs, it's going to melt. The gutter is going to fill up with a lot of ice, though. On any, regardless, the right. gutter is going to be cold. Right. So you're going to get them regardless. Yeah, it might be. Uh, we could go on. I, I, I'm, well, the reason I'm thinking this is that the houses that have smaller overhangs, typically like a Cape Cod, yeah. they have almost no overhangs. Those houses are typically the ones that are really difficult to insulate. Okay. A house that's got a larger overhang, maybe a, a ranch, or you know that's kind of low and a you know a, a lower roof with sure. a bigger overhang and everything. That attic is easier to insulate properly and ah, ventilate properly that makes than sense. some of these Cape Cods where you have these knee walls and dormers and everything. So, so the answer is it depends. It depends. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. 855-616-1620. Love to hear from you. When we get back, uh, we do need to take a break now, though, and go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center with Wyatt Barmore-Pooley. Good morning, Wyatt. More of your questions next. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. It is indeed. Thank you for joining us. Dayton Kane, David Nason here, uh, 17 on the way up to a high of 25 today. Four to six inches of snow expected. Looks like uh, winter weather warning, advisory, whatever they call it, coming in around noon today. So right. uh, a little bit later this afternoon, you're going to be shoveling or snow blowing. it looks right. like. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. We do have a text here. It says, uh, do you have any suggestions on how to fix this chip? And there's a picture here of a tub. It says, on a cast iron tub, compound applied by former owner now seems to be wearing away. Should I call a plumber, a painter, a professional, or can I fix this myself? So plumbers and painters would not be, or tile. Uh, I should have been looking on my phone. Um, I know of, a, I, I'm going to have to find it. I, I know somebody who does tub repair. Uh and all types of tubs, whether it's cast iron or fiberglass or, um, or your, it's not, they're not fiberglass today. Acrylic mm, is yeah. the more common uh, being used today. So that, yes, it can be fixed. You can buy an enamel paint, little, little enamel paints, like your, your cast iron sinks, coal or cast sure. iron sinks and that. So you can touch that up. So Even that's a, something you would sand first, sand around? Cause it looks pretty. Like, that, well, rough. yeah, yeah. This one looks like it's had something applied that's coming off yeah it almost looks like caulk or something uh, but that's not a bad idea at least temporarily to just keep it from rusting so um, I will find that contact here probably at our next break and 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 give that out uh, because if you try what I've, I've seen cast iron tubs that have been reglazed and which is what can be which can be done well if you know what you're doing right. and I've seen them where it's all coming off yeah. because it wasn't done well. So it, it's one of those things like doing an epoxy floor in your garage. Can you do it yourself or can you hire certain pro painters right. to come and do it really well? Depends it, on your skill yeah, set, right? Skill set and what it comes down with everything when it comes to painting is the prep work. Yeah. Uh, Tom Faze always said clean, dry, and dull. So every surface that you are going to paint needs to be clean, dry, and dull. So uh, any grease, dirt, or anything needs to be removed. It needs to be uh, dry. So if you wash it down, it has to be dry. Something like a tub, this kind of surface is not going to absorb any water. You know, Usually wood needs to dry out a little bit. But this drying this would be pretty easy. Dull, you want to make sure there's... Not a shiny finish. It's difficult for any kind of paint. Other than like this, it would be some kind of epoxy. Epoxy can stick probably to shiny surfaces a little better, but your typical paint 
doesn't stick to shiny surfaces very well. All right. The Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. We have Ben in Wauwatosa on the line. Good morning, Ben. What's your question? Hey, good morning. Okay, so I've got uh, the outside water line. Um, I'm not able to shut it off completely. There's like a slight drip, drip, drip to it. Um, it's the inside shutoff valve. I, I crank on that as hard as I can crank. Um, I've even like tried to flush it to see if there's any debris in the seal or anything. It, it doesn't seem to be that. So right now, the, you know, the dripping is okay, but like back in December, it, it started freezing up to like a little ice tower back up to the outside spigot. Eesh. I mean, I, obviously the inside one is going to have to get replaced, but for the winter, do you think it'll be all right to get through like that? So what I would suggest, the drip, is the drip outside or inside? Outside. I have had inside drips where okay. I've had to tighten down the stem yeah. on the other one. But. Yeah, so it, it, it at some point long term, it'd be a good idea to have that inside valve replaced with a ball valve. That's the kind of valve that has a handle that you just turn 90 degrees. But in the short term, what I would do is you got it turned off as much as you can. I would actually go outside, probably turn that off so it doesn't drip, and then go to a hardware store and get one of these foam insulator caps. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. It's it's a like a cone, and it's got a um, a strap on it. You hook the strap onto the faucet somewhere, and then you pull on the the strap, and it seals up against the house. So it's this insulator or some. I've seen some that are more flexible, like a bag type thing. And that would actually prevent what what you're probably going to stop is is any kind of really cold wind blowing against that that's going to freeze that faucet. Ben, when you when you have the outside one turned off, it's is not dripping, correct? You have the inside one and the outside one turned off. Is it still dripping? Yeah, right. That's what you're saying. Oh. That if I do that, yeah, you don't want to bag that, that up then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess oh. if you, if you if you got one of these foam things, what I would do is maybe drill a little hole in the bottom. So water could drip okay. out, but is, what we're trying to do is protect that from the maybe a little bit of cold air and also a cold yeah. wind blowing on it. And so you, you could probably find them at Menards or an Ace Hardware store. They're they're about a half inch thick of foam, and they're just this cone. A uh, house yeah. I saw yesterday actually had them on. But the last thing you want to do is trap all that water that's dripping right. in there and right. have it freeze in that's one why, solid yeah, block. If you, yeah, if you if you drilled a little hole in the bottom of a weep hole, that water could get out. But definitely something that should be replaced, okay. especially living in Wisconsin. Yeah. And that hole probably yeah, actually needs to be about three eighths inch thick. If it's a really small hole, that's going to freeze. Yeah. So you need to have a hole that's at least three eighths inch thick, so you don't because water has surface tension. It'll actually cover a hole about a quarter inch thick. You need about three eighths for the water to drip through. Uh, yeah, so that's what happened back in December, though. It built like an ice tower, essentially, back yeah. up to the faucet right. and then, like, plugged it up. And I was like, oh, nuts. I thought yeah. I was going to have to get, like, a blowtorch and uh, <laughs> melt it, but it uh, thought out, thankfully, around here. Well, yeah, it's going to get real cold next week, yeah. so got to do something. Good, I'm ready. Good question, though, man. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Awesome. Yep. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. When we get back, we do have another text to go through. I still want to talk about this gadget that you brought in. Hopefully we can get to that today as well. Sure. Uh, it is the Fix-It Show. Appreciate you listening to WTMJ this morning. Need advice? Call 855-616-1620.
Our expert home inspector is here to help. Then I don't get it. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Whoops. It is a Saturday, and it's going to yep. be uh, cold and windy and snowy today, so be prepared for that. Uh, make sure the snowblower is working because we're expecting four to six inches yeah. uh, coming. Starting around yeah. noon, it's really supposed to start coming down. So Yeah, Fawn's going to get busy this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Olson's later, outdoor later power today, is going to be. Later today, they'll be swamped. I don't yeah. know how late they're open. I don't remember. till noon or one or yeah. something. The Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. We do have another text here we can maybe answer. It's a little confusing to me. It says, my dehumidifier runs much less in the winter, which makes sense. But then it says, is it normal for the level to reach 50 to 66% once a day? So, like, it's spiking? That's that's possible. Uh, yeah, typically we don't run dehumidifiers in the winter, a lot of people run humidifiers in the winter. and But if you think about it, cold air outside is like like today. Yeah. The air outside, even though it's very cold, we don't think about it. The relative humidity is actually very high. Right. That's why we're going to get all this snow. Because cold air can't hold as much moisture as warm air can. So comparatively, it's it's a very high amount of moisture in the air. Um, compared to the temperature. So uh, for it to be 50 to 65% once a day, that seems odd. Uh, That is very high for the winter because that's uh, levels that high are going to cause condensation issues, condensation on your windows and and other cold surfaces. So um, no, I don't think you should have it that high. Um, and like I said, most people don't run a dehumidifier in the winter. I don't. We so run. I have a question because I do, yeah. but I also run a humidifier. So here's the deal. My basement's really damp all yeah. the time. It's just damp where I'm built, mm-hmm. it's something. So I put my dehumidifier at 42%, and I put my Humid. April air humidifier at 42% so that the upstairs yeah. gets the moisture, but the downstairs stays. You think that's okay? Because I'm running the same level. But my right. dehumidifier does run at 42%, right. while my upstairs is then getting 42% humidity. That's, that sounds like that's okay. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like good logic, yeah. right? That's why I so, do it. But so why is your basement so damp? It just, I don't know. It always, I'm built. I'm just built. Yeah, in the, well, that, yeah, you, built. You're, you're, you're a lot right around your home is really flat. Yeah, and everybody I mean, else is higher than me around right. me. I mean, and as I remember, the, 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 the topography is kind of sloped. Yeah. And, I, and I'll put this in my reports. Even though a property may have a good uh, slope to it or pitch to it yeah. or around it, what we're really always concerned about is the four to six feet or so right around your house. Right. So you might be on a hill or something, oh, I'm fine and everything. But when you go out and walk around your house, if the, if the ground right at your house is pitched back or flat, right. the water or melting snow can't get away. So that... As now I'm remembering, you you have a you have a bit of a landscaping yeah challenge we've done part we've done part on the back, but there's mm-hmm. still more in the front I need to work on this spring right. when it comes right. back. Anyway. So that sounds fine. Yeah, your your main level you need that level of humidity for comfort. Basically, right. it gets too dry, you're going to be uncomfortable, uh, and if it's too damp downstairs or too too high downstairs, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So like there. I said, I set them at the yeah. same, thinking it's going to. Be okay. But anyway, uh, we do have a phone call. Let's go over to Bob in Waukesha. Good morning, Bob. What's your question? Good morning. I have an older home, and I have, I believe they call it vermiculite in the attic. Mm-hmm. 
and I had some work done up there, uh, some electrical work, and they were saying it's dangerous and stuff. Is that true? So we could talk about this for quite a while if we wanted to. I'm trying to keep it pretty short. Uh, vermiculite is a, a type of insulation. It was mined from the earth uh, back in the mid part of the 1900s. That's when it was really popular from out in, uh, mines out in Colorado, Montana. There's one ma- mine in particular in Libby, Montana, that was discovered to be right next to a vein of asbestos. And so uh, what the people who sold vermiculite insulation would probably say, well, not all vermiculite has, has asbestos in it, which may be true. If you go to the De- Wisconsin's Department of Health and Safety website, I think it's just dhs.wi.org or something like that. You could probably find it. Um, the state of Wisconsin assumes all vermiculite has asbestos in it. That's, that's the stance that they've taken. They also say that if it's, if they're, if there's, if possible, you should just leave it alone. Don't disturb it. Cause it's really only dangerous when you disturb it and there's dust particulates in the air and you inhale that. So, so if you don't use your attic, you're right. not going up and down there all the time. It's probably right. okay to just let it be. Right. So if you really want to learn, like I said, we talk, we could talk a lot about it. The Wisconsin Department of Health and Safety website. There's another website, the Zona Light Attic Insulation Trust. So that's a so there was a class action lawsuit against the WB Grace Company in the '90s or so. They put something like 145 million or 45 million dollars into a trust, and so there is money available for people to apply for a grant to have. Some, not all, but some money to have the vermiculite removed. So, and what was that again? That? What was that again? So, you both asked me. Zonalite Attic Insulation Trust. What? What did you say, sir? How do you How do you get that removed? How do they do that? You have to hire a an asbestos abatement contractor. So, if you want to text in, sir, um, I can reply to your text with some information, some links and phone numbers and stuff. 855. You okay. ready, Bob? 855. Well, you called in. You know yep. it. 616-1620. So, just give us a text. We'll shoot it back to you. Appreciate you listening. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. We have one segment left this hour before we're joined by Larry Berg from Chimney Concepts. Next hour, it is the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. David and Dayton. One guy knows what the heck he's talking about. We'll let you figure out which one it is. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. You know, we're another year into this show. We need to write some more of those little intros. <laughs> I like that of one. some of the older ones. I like that one. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I am Dayton Kane. That is David Nason. Thanks for joining us. It is 7.56. Uh, we have time to get one more call in before we get into the next hour. So let's go over to Steve in Brown Deer. Good morning, Steve. What's your question? My question is uh, on the merits of installing a metal roof and, and whether or not uh, when it rains hard, uh, you, you can hear the rain hitting your roof and and it and it just causing a, a disturbance, I guess. And what people do to to like stifle that. So, do you have a a metal roof now and it's loud? No, no, I, I don't. But I just want to make sure that that uh, when I install it, that that problem won't exist. Yeah, yeah typically a metal roof is going to be installed over a layer of 
uh, of foam insulation on the roof deck or some kind of additional sheathing. The people that I know that have them, you know, tell me that it's not an issue, that it's not loud. So if it's installed if it's properly, installed, it should yeah. not be loud. So don't just put the metal right over your asphalt shingles or your plywood deck. And I'm sure that's in the instructions. Yeah. And if you do it wrong, Bose noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the, 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 it's always best to hire a contractor to do that sort of stuff, I think, anyway. So. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Were, right. Where are you located? They, uh, in the Brown Deer area. Okay. J&B Construction up in Germantown. J&B Construction, they're on the show here frequently. Uh, Scott Klein's the okay. owner. They do metal roofs. Okay. All right. Are, are more and more people uh, installing those over conventional asphalt roof or shingles? You know, I, I see more of them. So I guess I see more driving around. I rarely see them during a home inspection. So um, I, there there's obviously a cost involved, a higher cost, but they obviously last longer. So it really kind of depends on what you're, you're looking for. You, if you don't want to replace a roof again for a long time, and I would also say from an architectural standpoint, it doesn't look the best on every house. I think you, um, you'd have to really look into that if, if it's going to work for you. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, Steve. Have yep. a great weekend. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right. This show uh, was sponsored this hour by Siding Unlimited and JMB Construction, okay. who we just talked about. Coming up next hour, we talked to Larry Berg from Chimney Concepts. It is the Fix It Show. Thanks for joining us today. This has been the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests, and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC.